Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. So I guess we're going to play trivia today. <laughs> Which prop has hit 18 of the last 21 years? Uh, anthem. Yeah, I'd go Anthem. Touchback on the kickoff. Mm. 18 uh, of the last 21 years, the opening kickoff has been a touchback. Devin Hester yeah, just that, pops in Nick's mind. It, oh, there was a moment I thought, oh my God, this is going to happen. Got it. It's Kinsman. 85-06. I can see it now. He's a guy. He was from the U. He's now back at the U. First kickoff of the Super Bowl. House call. It's Kinsman. And then then Rex was Rex. Rex is still our quarterback. Well, yeah. So I'm, I would like to look at the stat of the, the anthem. Oh, so so with that, let, let me just you, you brought up Devin Hester because mm-hmm. this is the week you find out if you're going to the uh, Pro yeah. Football Hall of Fame. Yeah, come on, Devin Hester. I know, I'm with you. You know, there's there's people in Chicago, uh, radio hosts in Chicago, that do not feel he should be in the Hall of Fame because of he's, he's special teams. just known as a return specialist. Yep. yep. Uh, one, he was the best the at best. that when he was playing, yeah. and he changed the game. Yeah. If you're the best in your craft. Yeah. Not just for that that season, and it, good on you, as well. Change when you change how people go about kicking, and you change that for even beyond your years. Yeah, that's that's the impact that goes beyond uh, a museum. In that Super Bowl, Rex tells Thomas Jones right afterwards, "We just got good field position for the rest of the game <laughs> after that kickoff." Not that it mattered, but in theory, it does matter. Yeah. Because now you're getting the ball 35, 40, maybe 45, all because of that. That's changing the game. And Madden always said, if you can't tell the history of the game without that person, they belong in the Hall of Fame. Well, yeah. When you, the when, simple one. When you, when you show special, I don't care if they're specialists, special teams, when you show uh, impactful moments in a game and you think of, okay, whether we're talking punt returns or kick returns, you think of the very best. Uh, of that craft, yeah, it's Hall of Fame worthy. Who uh, who will be congratulating the uh, Hall of Famers? Because isn't David Baker out? Is the, the big guy, yeah, right. That goes to the, goes to the doors and everything, yeah. and and then as soon as you you see that person, you're like, oh, 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 oh. yeah. Um, like in five years, do they even they even do that with Brady? Do they put him up in a hotel <laughs> in the Super Bowl city? They, they should. Just want uh, you to know, hey, Tom, on. you made it. You know, Tom puts on his pants one leg at a time like the rest of us. Unless he's posting thirst traps. And he'll be putting on the, the fox coat in 2024. Hey, I'm, I'm not going to 
I'm not going to fault him. At 45, he looks pretty good. No, he's, oh, not at all. I wish at 45, I would have looked that good in my underwear. Yeah. It's weird, though. I don't believe I've, I ever uh, took a selfie of me just sitting on my bed in my underwear at the age of 45. <laughs> no? Never? No. no that's not out the mood, there, so the, nobody the, will find the it. The mood never struck it's you? not yeah. on the For You page. So, <laughs> so, so good for him. Good for him. He, he, he looks uh, really, really good. Uh, when I heard the news from Iowa City yesterday, well, first, let me, let me read this tweet. Again, there's plenty of time, Iowa fans. Nebraska and Iowa don't play until November 24th. Uh, Iowa JD uh, tweets at us, What Iowa did yesterday, yes, is embarrassing, but I would take that over keeping a head coach for five years that can't get to a bowl game. Also, if Brian doesn't make these metrics, his contract terminates. Better dead than Husker Red. Let me just give you guys a scenario. November 24th, Lincoln, Nebraska. Nebraska has had kind of a middling year, not bowl eligible. They go into the final game of the regular season, and they have five wins. There are two minutes to go in the game in Lincoln. I know where you're going with this. Nebraska leads Iowa 27-23. to People in the press box and on the sidelines and in the coaches' booth are doing the math on what Iowa needs to score, how much they need to score so that they can average 25 points per game. Should also add that Iowa has had a rough year, and they're currently sitting on six wins. Mm -hmm. So Nebraska is winning 27 to 23. (laughs) Nebraska comes into the game at five and six. Iowa comes into the game at six and five. There's two minutes to go. Cade McNamara gets the ball on his own 30-yard line, and Memorial Stadium is going absolutely bonkers. Nebraska keeps Iowa off the scoreboard. They go to a bowl game. They celebrate on the field. They hold up the Freedom Trophy or the Heartland of America Trophy. Heroes! Heroes trophy. They hold them all up. <laughs> get, get an animal we for beat, that trophy. We beat Wisconsin, too? Oh, my God. This is going to be They got fun. them all. <laughs> <laughs> Only won six games, but they got the trophy games. <laughs> they, they retain the Heroes trophy. They qualify for a bowl game. And Brian Ferentz on the field at Memorial Stadium gets fired. <laughs> Gary Bartis comes right My down. God, would that be one of the greatest days in the history of Nebraska football? I wouldn't hate it. Would not hate that at all. Now, there's probably the part of some people be like, 23 really? points. Nebraska's going to be 6-6? Six and six? <laughs> But that's what I was thinking of the math. If this comes down to the 24th of November, yeah. and all of those things come true, it. I mean, that would be so awkward. That would be like, thank God this has become a rivalry. Yeah. Yep. Would Gary Barta just come right down with just a, an envelope? Tap on the shoulder. Yeah. Like... Just want you head over to the tunnel real quick. No, instead of, you know, like when the visitors in Memorial Stadium, they are in the uh, old Nebraska locker room, they, they go through the tunnel and they make the mm-hmm. left. Brian Ferentz would have to make the right and just walk up the hill with all the fans exiting <laughs> Memorial Stadium. Go on down to the rail yard. Get you something to eat. <laughs> I hear gate 25 does is any, happening. Place. Does anybody... Well, and this is kind of a loaded question because 
this was everywhere yesterday. The metrics that were put forth for Brian Ferentz, you didn't realize those are, those are less than average. Yes. Like even less than average for where Iowa's been because yeah. since 2015, they've averaged eight wins a year. Right. And they cited last week his first couple of years as an offensive coordinator and how many points they scored. Mm-hmm. They scored 29 points a game. Yep. So the metrics that were put forth are less than average. Yeah, they're just better than they've been the last couple of years. You know, if you under scored, this individual, you know, if you scored twenty five points a game last year in college football, you were tied for eighty fifth in the country with mm. Arkansas State. Mm. Eighty five. That's not good. So that's 85. the bar. That's the bar. That gets you uh, back to nine hundred thousand dollars, hundred twelve thousand dollars in bonuses. If you're able to come just below average, now, and we, we we're talking about an Iowa JD brings up. You know, the head coach from Nebraska, the previous head coach for Nebraska. That's okay. You know what? Nebraska realized their mistake. They made a change. Yeah, they did. And, and there's something to be said about Wisconsin, that. Re- Wisconsin realized we're stagnant. Got to make a change. But remember the metrics that were given to Scott Frost in order to have his previous salary reinstated. Not necessarily to be retained. But remember, they were not public. It wasn't like, until like, like this is why, yeah th- yeah this why was just this thrown public? out this was just thrown out there there was no uh, th- there was no lawsuit there was no open records request being made on this this was just volunteered but I'll say this again for the previous salary to be reinstated at least it was average I mean there's something to be said about gosh maybe shooting too high. I mean, I, I felt like, gosh, okay, that was all he needed to do to have the salary reinstated when I saw the when we finally saw the Scott Frost metrics. I look at this and what you just said right there too. Well, this is modest. This isn't even average. Oh, the, you, and, and you what kind of use the right word? Mediocre. And what kind of what kind of message does that send? Again, when I think of the people on the other side of the football, when I think of a defensive coordinator that's truly one of the best in Phil Parker. And we think about accountability. And, and I'm, whether we want to get into the whole nepotism or anything, look, Gary Barta is technically Brian Ferentz's boss. I understand that. But you know a lot of this was pushed by the head coach. It had to be. Gary Barta's not just pulling this out of nowhere. So when I think of the message you're sending at so many different levels to your own team first and foremost, though, but also to your fans that are extremely frustrated with that side of the football and want to know that better days are ahead, this is what you give them. Like, I can't wait for the Scott Docterman piece on how they came to 25 points because a measurement of a good offense isn't necessarily points. And this isn't just offensive points. This is points per game for the whole program, Mm -hmm. which – Last year, they had six defensive touchdowns, and they had two safeties. Like, points per game is not a true indication of how effective your offense is. But how did they come to 25 points? I get the seven wins, okay? I, I was average eight wins. Uh, they're probably going to win. They're gonna, Iowa football every year is going to win seven or eight games. Yeah. Okay, that, that's just a given. But how they got to 25 points, I'm waiting for the Scott Docterman in-depth piece. But please, please, please. And maybe they'll maybe Iowa will take care of this by running up the score 
early in the year to give them yeah. some. So, they, <laughs> give so them you're averaging. But please, well, you better please, take care of business. Please, then. football gods, you've been so terrible to us <laughs> over the last six, seven, twenty years around here. Okay, I don't know what we did wrong. I'm not sure. I mean, on the way out of the TWA Dome in St. Louis, we kicked Bevo in '96, and you've held it against all of us. But please, 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 let us have the scenario on November 24th: a five-win Nebraska team. Yeah is leading 27-23 with two minutes to go, and Iowa must score a touchdown to reach 25 points per game, and they must win to get to seven wins. Please, please, please give us that. The stadium (laughs) may not be standing if Nebraska pulls that off. Think about it. Yeah, qualify for a bowl game. Even though, again, there's part of me that says, six and six in rules first year? Yeah. And you got your rival's offensive coordinator fired on the field. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, Would, wouldn't need to play the bowl game. The season would be over. I'd be like, this is, hey, you can't top this. To, to use the, again, the example of the metrics that we learned about Scott Frost. Look, we always knew that. Keep them private. It didn't mean you were going to, it didn't mean you were necessarily going to retain him. It didn't mean you needed to let the entire season play out. And that's the thing I want to bring up. What if this thing just gets off to, okay, they got Utah State, <laughs> then Iowa State, they got the, the, the Seahawks series game, Western Michigan. But then once they get into conference play, you've got Penn State, Michigan State, Purdue, Wisconsin, Minnesota. Those are your first five games in conference play. It's not easy. You're at Penn State. What if this thing, by the time they get to October 7th, they're getting ready to play Purdue, and it's not looking any better at all. Would Iowa, more importantly Gary Barda, have the stones to make a midseason change? No, no, no. Even if it's going horribly, offensively, that is. I don't think they would. Man, I would be pissed off. Well, this is what it comes. So this is embarrassing to Iowa football and Brian Ferentz that they made this public. Because what is everybody going to do? Every single game yeah. of Iowa this year. Just like everybody would have they're gonna counted f- out every win or loss they're gonna, that they're Frost They're going to figure out the points yep. per game. Let's say they score 35 against Utah State. All right, we only need to average such and such in right. the last 11 games. Yep. Why, why, why was this made public? I have okay, no I get clue. it. I get it. The NFL uh, jobs dried up. Everybody was shocked. I was shocked that he is still there. But why did you make this public? Of no all of the missteps that Iowa has done, there's other things that they've done to protect the Ferences. Why was this made public? Because this is embarrassing to everybody involved. Yeah. And it puts if if I can take anything from the the year that Kirk Ferentz had and having to constantly answer questions about his son and that offense to where Kirk Ferentz was getting extremely salty. He was getting very defensive. He was getting very pointed at certain journalists for asking what were fair questions about the offense. You have now put those numbers out there, and if you are not meeting them or you're very close, you tell me Kirk Ferentz wants to continue to answer questions about that because that's what you've done. It's almost like you completely forgot about how annoyed you were with it a year ago. If you better hope to God they get there, and it's not even close on those metrics, otherwise it is going to be 
every press conference led off with something like that. You know, and in, in his legacy at Iowa, it, it, I, I never thought this, uh, that somebody could surpass what Hayden Fry has done. Kirk Ferentz, in my opinion, has surpassed Hayden Fry. Kirk Ferentz is the greatest coach in the history of Iowa football. And there's a lot of things, positive things and negative things. I mean, he's a he's, Kirk has become very polarizing. Mm-hmm. But they win football games. Okay, they fall out of bed and they win eight football games. And they'll every four or five years, they're going to contend for a Big Ten championship. And when his legacy is over and he is the longest-running coach in college football right now, when his when his time at Iowa is over, you know there's going to be great debates about his legacy. I'm pretty I'm I'm pretty strong, and he's the he's the best coach that Iowa has ever had. And you think about his legacy, and 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 boy, you could boil down your opinion on Kirk in the last four or five years with everything that's gone on yep. on and off the field. But you don't think that if and I, I know this isn't easy if you're a father that's got a son and you're in the spotlight, but your number one thing is this: the people that are in that locker room, that are in that football program, is making the right decision. You don't think that one of the positives on his ledger for his legacy would be if he made a move with his son? I think so. Because you could, ju- you could look at everything and justify that. And to what you are just saying right there, how well would that go over thinking... You know what the narrative would have been? Boy, that could not have been easy. That couldn't have been easy to do that. But you got, I mean, it's the business. It's a results-based business, and the results weren't there. Boy, that had to be really tough, though, for Kirk to do that. There would be another layer of respect. I know I would because, quite frankly, I I hate to say this, and for Iowa fans, I'm sorry, but I I think you're probably in the same boat. Is this surprising? No, it's not. And for Kirk to have possibly influenced something that would have gone against what has been done in the past when it comes to, you know, just hoping that it'll get better, I think that could have went a long way. And here we are, we're we're talking about another opportunity for Brian Ferentz to meet metrics that quite honestly are very, very modest. Mediocre. Say mediocre. They are. They're mediocre. Now, you know, and, and he took over for Greg Davis. I mean, Greg Davis was a polarizing offensive coordinator yep. at Iowa. I will tell you where Iowa's offense really, the person they miss the most is Ken O'Keefe. So when yep. Yep. Ferentz went to be OC in 07, you know, Ken O'Keefe was the quarterback coach. I think when he decided to step away, and I think Coach O'Keefe is now maybe 70. Um, and you know, and he was with he was with Kirk for nearly two decades, uh, including he. I mean, Ken O'Keefe. At, 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 I'm pretty sure that at the beginning of I, of Ferentz's tenure at Iowa, that started in '99, that he was his OC for maybe the first ten or eleven years. But then he came back and he was the quarterback coach from '17 until this past year. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think him not being there is a big reason why this offense has just gone, and look who you promoted to, to not only right. OC, but also run the exactly. quarterbacks. Exactly. And look left. at how that position yeah. has played. Mm-hmm. It, it, I, this is just, it's embarrassing for everyone involved. I'd, you can have metrics like this, but making them public, I don't know, that that's dangerous. We saw around here, whether it's 
above board or not, keeping metrics private, because this now is is the whole discussion about Iowa football and will be in a season that if it turns upside down yeah. and doesn't go so well, you're you're going to have the calculator out trying to figure out 25 points, and then you're going to say, hey, Cade McNamara, you know, hey, what do you think? Your your OC's job might be on the line if your offense doesn't score points. And And what happens if the defense isn't as productive at Iowa in terms of scoring points? Right. I mean, Iowa's defense will be good again. Yes. But what if they're not scoring points? Exactly. Yeah, this is... There's a little luck that goes into weird, that. Weird day in Iowa City yesterday, but a weird week in Iowa City. Uh, real quickly on, on the JTAC Construction Zone Twitter feed. And, and look, Iowa fans... I. I are we attracting them? Yeah. Kyle says, I love how NU Media and fans clown on Iowa like Nebraska hasn't been the laughing stock of the Big Ten for a decade. Look, this is not a Nebraska thing. You're telling me, Kyle, and anyone else that is a little butthurt by this, you're not at the very least confused about yesterday's vote of confidence and metrics involved? That's all this is about. This isn't, this isn't, oh, you know what? We are going to try to deflect of what has been a, a problematic decade for Nebraska football and pile on. I think anybody in college football that has been following Iowa and understands how damn good that defense is and how truly awful the offense is and yesterday validating everyone's thought that there is zero accountability. And the OC and quarterback coach happens to be the head coach's son. Kyle and anyone else, this isn't clowning on Iowa. This is asking the same question that I'm sure you are, and that is, what the hell? Please, number 24. <laughs> I mean, I would. I'd just like to know how, how if we can get through the – well, you guys obviously are going to say that because you're here in Nebraska – get through that, and just look at it subjectively. You're telling me you're okay with this, Iowa fan. And if you are, okay, give me a reason why. No, I, there, there's, there's a good majority of that fan base that wants more, and they deserve more. Yes, they do. But I, I, I still, I'm going back, how do they decide on 25 and just getting to 25 points per game, which is, not hard to achieve. Yeah, it's attainable. That that's Especially not that's game. not a sign that all of a sudden your offense is fixed. Right. So the Scott Doctorman piece has to be coming uh, shortly. Uh, we'll get uh, Sam McEwen's uh, uh, thoughts on uh, this. On uh, just a strange announcement yesterday. Let me quietly take the play calling duties away. Or be angry at the Patriots because the NFL opportunities have dried up. It might be a little bit of both. I don't know. Uh, at 6.58, uh, Sam will join us in the next uh, hour. Brian Christofferson uh, a little bit uh, later. More on the uh, Super Bowl uh, on coming up on uh, Sunday, which you'll hear right here on the uh, Zone. Which, a must-win game, which by the way. Includes, <laughs> which includes Mr. Sue playing. You know that Indomitian Sue has not been fined by the NFL since 2018. That alone is a small miracle. Mm-hmm. Uh, his image. We'll talk about that since 2018. That's all to come. Mornings with Sharp and Handland, 1620 The Zone. Swimsuit, check. Sunscreen, check. Phone charger, check. 
Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only, not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%.